Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's a tough couple of weeks ahead for parents getting your kids back into the routine of a new school year. That whole getting them up and out the door at an early hour, I do not miss that. And there's more to it than just, you know, inconvenience here too. It's about their performance. It's about their well-being. More than 70% of high schoolers and younger children are said to not get an adequate amount of sleep. And experts say that contributes to their performance in school, right? So the importance of establishing a bedtime routine is critical at this time of year. So we thought, let's get some help with this, not just for the kids, but for you adults out there too. So Lindsay Y. Palmer is with us now, a certified child sleep consultant and behavioral specialist and owner of AB Sleep. Lindsay, thanks very much for being here. Hi, Simi. Thanks so much for having me. You must be a good sleeper. Well, (laughs) you know, um, I'm a medium sleeper. I recognize the importance of it, but I think myself and a lot of other sleep coaches will tell you, we also have to tell ourselves to go to bed when Uh it's time. Okay. So what is your bad habit then? Um, Staying up too late. I'm a night owl. So becoming a parent changed, um, you know, how much time I get from when I go to bed, which I would prefer was 12 or one. And obviously my children waking me up at seven, which, or earlier, um, which wasn't an issue for me before I was a parent, right? So recognizing that I need to go to bed earlier now to have the adequate amount of sleep is, was a huge adjustment for me. Right. So this time of year, what are the questions that the most common ones that you get from people, Lindsay? Well, obviously with school coming back, it's a lot about getting back on to some kind of a regular routine after we've all sort of let that slide over the summer months. And the first thing I always tell parents, regardless of what the issue they're calling me for is, whether it's this or something else, is that it's okay that you're in this space. Like, I don't want anyone getting down on themselves just because they've let the routine slide for the last couple of months. You probably had a lot of fun doing it. Enjoy that time. And now it's time to get back on track. Okay. But if we're thinking about it today, is it a little bit too late? Like, should we have not started maybe last week? Potentially. I don't think anyone would regret starting last week, but I, I also don't want anyone, you know, injecting a bunch of guilt into their mind just because they didn't. It's definitely not too late. Okay. And so let's say we're starting today. What do we need to keep okay. in mind? First of all, it's light. Um, you know, the sun is still going down somewhere around eight o'clock where I am. And so it's really hard to ask kids to go to bed before the sun has gone to bed. So it's important to make sure it doesn't have to be a cave in the room. A lot of people will tell you it has to be an absolute cave, but I just say it has to be pretty dark. If you can stand in their room with the door closed and the shades drawn and you guys can make eye contact, it's probably pretty bright in there. So just throw up something else. It doesn't have to be something you've spent a bunch of money on. You can get paper blinds. You can even use tinfoil. I have seen it all. Cardboard. Um, just to test out, does it make a difference when I darken it in here a little bit? And then you can make a more permanent purchase when you know that it actually is something that's helping your family. So light is number one for me, uh, just to make sure that kids understand, hey, it is dark out and we are asking you to, you know, wind down now and stay in bed. 
That's okay. number one. Okay. What's yeah. number two? Recognizing how much sleep your kiddo needs. So a lot of the time um, we think that we need to push our child to this point of exhaustion before they're ready for bed. And I often end up telling parents, I actually never want you to see your kiddo at that point. I shouldn't say never, there are always extenuating circumstances, but on an average day, we are looking to get our kiddos into bed before they seem really tired. And so when we are waiting for them to look exhausted, we've probably pushed them at least an hour past when they should have been tucked in. So recognizing that we're looking for signs to, to see that they have enough sleep. Are they well rested throughout the day? Are they relatively in a pretty good mood? Do they seem like they are able to manage life relatively well for their age? So if we're talking about a three-year-old, I'm still ex expecting to see tantrums regardless of whether or not they've had enough sleep. If we're talking about a six-year-old and they seem to have a hard time managing, we have a pretty good chance that they are not getting the amount of sleep that they need. And so when we talk about number of hours, it's really tough to say because every kiddo is different. But if we're looking at like the six to 13 year range, they probably need somewhere in the 10 to 12 hour a night range. Okay. That's a lot. That is a lot then for parents. Cause like that fight to get kids to bed, especially if they're mm -hmm. getting up at say seven in the morning and you're saying they got to be in bed like at eight o'clock, that's a challenge for a lot of parents. It definitely is a challenge. Yeah. So another thing that I like to add into that is making sure that we're always talking positively about sleep. It's not going to remove the bedtime battles at all, but it makes it less about I'm the parent and these are the rules and more about, hey, man, I love you and I want to do what's best for you. And we, it's my job to help you be as healthy as you possibly can be. And sleep is something that does really good things for our body and talk about what those things are so that eventually the motivation is coming from inside the child, intrinsic motivation, rather than just feeling like it's some rule that's being forced upon them that they do need to go to bed. No, when you sleep well, you can jump higher, you can hug tighter, you can focus better in school. If we're talking to the older children, you can probably notice that you're better at that sports, um, sports activity that you love. Whatever it is that you know is going to motivate your child, sleep probably helps them do that thing better. So yeah, focus what about on the teenagers? That you know. Let, let's, Lindsay, we got to <laughs> yeah. talk about teenagers here because this is all well and good for younger kids. But really yeah. the struggle here is for teens because they also do not want to go to bed early. They're probably night owls too or feeling like it, but they've got to get up early. Yeah. And I sympathize with teens in a big way because I can really remember um, just never being ready for bed earlier. Like I said before, I'm a night owl. And so my body was not ready to fall asleep in time to wake up for school and, and be alert and active. Unfortunately, we do see a lot of movement towards you know, high school starting earlier and earlier, which I definitely encourage parents to stand up against. It's not as bad in Canada as it is in the States in certain places. But um, of course, we need to actually just help kids understand, okay, well, here's the number of hours of sleep that your body should have approximately. And if we subtract what time you need to be getting up to get ready for school, this is the time that you should be in bed. Uh, and beyond that, once we equip our teenagers with the right amount of information, it's pretty hard to force things. Um, but, you know, uh, giving them the tools to make those decisions themselves is step one for sure. I wonder if maybe this is something that's best tackled altogether. 
You know, if parents recognize that, yeah, your sleep could be better too. So to say to your teen, hey, let's all try to get on the right page for this year. So we're all going to do this together. Absolutely, Simi. And it's funny that you say that because it's not even for teens for me. Whenever I even work with a three-year-old, I'm bringing in a family sleep plan. Here we are. We want to be better sleepers together because we recognize that for our family, this is a good choice. Okay. So that's some good advice there. But I guess, as you said, with teens, it's about talking to them about it and then you really can't force them, can you? You really can't. And again, that's also the case for a three-year-old. You can give them the boundaries and and the the reasons why we're doing this, and you can set them up to make the right expectation, but you mm-hmm. actually can't force a baby or a toddler or a teenager to actually fall asleep. How that's do you feel about naps? How do you feel about naps for like teenagers and for older people, like for adults? Well, if it's working, it's working is my general um, stance on everything. If it's, if it's not causing an issue, then, and you're enjoying it and you're happy with things going this way, then I'm pro anything nap. I'm pro glass of wine, whatever it is. Um, not for the children, for the parents. Um, <laughs> right. Thank you for that. With, yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, but we, there are so many cultures around the world that take naps and it's part of what they do. And so if you find that sneaking a small nap into your day is enriching your life, go for it. Hmm. However, if it's, if it's more of a, of a survival thing and there's something that could be adjusted maybe to your nighttime sleep or what time you're going to bed, what time you're waking up, and you feel that that would serve you better than the nap, then I would take a look at that first. All right. And Lindsay, very quickly, how many hours of sleep do you get a night? I like to get eight. Sometimes it's less. I was going to say, wow. You get <laughs> Last eight, night I'm, it was not eight. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Lindsay, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Simi. That's Lindsay Y. Palmer, certified child sleep consultant and behavioral specialist. I mean, eight hours, that's ambitious to get eight hours of sleep a night. I am curious though, how many hours of sleep do you get? I get, oh, I'll say between six and seven. Seven on a good night, but you know, six is the minimum, somewhere between the two on an average night, a little bit more on the weekends, probably seven for sure on the weekends. But what about you? How many hours of sleep do you need to function? Seven, six? Eight, you tell me.